Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. My name is Zach. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. Uh, It's called Calvary 316. Uh, If you're local, check us out. The name of uh, the website for the church is calvary316.tv. If you're not local, but you'd like to learn a little bit more about kind of the teaching ministry of our church, uh, we have a media site that's called c 316 TV, and you can you can access that as well. I hope you stay with me over the next hour or so as we seek to deconstruct the negative perceptions of Christians by boldly and brashly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. And as we do once a month, I'd like to welcome Josh Brown, our producer. Uh, he's going to be co-hosting today with me. Josh, how you doing, brother? Zach, I'm doing well. As you've poked at me before, it is cold here in Indiana, but other than that, I'm doing great. <laughs> Listen, we were uh, we were talking uh, right before uh, we went to air a little bit about family life. Yeah, um, and I thought that'd be kind of an interesting uh, interesting conversation to allow it to kind of bleed over to the show. Um, just for the audience, in case you're just now listening, this is the first time you've listened. Um, my wife Jessica and I we've been married uh, for ten years, and uh, this coming May will be eleven. Uh, the best 11 years of my life. Uh, we've been blessed by the Lord with two beautiful boys, uh, Quincy, who everyone just simply calls Q, uh, is six years old, and Theodore is three. Uh, it's actually it's actually interesting. Everyone, uh, we called Quincy Quincy uh, because my wife liked Quinn and, um, and wanted that to be the nickname, but... Uh, no one other than my grandmother calls him Quinn. <laughs> Somehow, uh, everyone ended up calling him Q, which is awesome because I I inadvertently named my son after a James Bond character, which I which I love. <laughs> but I'm a father, and Josh, uh, Josh, why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about about your family? Yeah, so uh, I've been married uh, to my high school, well, later high school sweetheart. Um, for seventeen years, I've got four children. Later, later high school sweetheart was that was that in the first four <laughs> years or the last three years? Because you did like seven <laughs> years in high school, right? Yeah. So, so sh- short story where I live because it's very uh, small population. Uh, we have a little middle school over here, little middle school over there. You know, it's just kind of a small area. I didn't actually know my wife, like not even really at all. We were in the same school, same grade, but I didn't know her till our senior year in high school. But there were only four girls in your graduating <laughs> class. So how was that? Is is actually just one, and and I ha- I happened to get I happened to to uh, to get the, you landed, the only one. You landed the one gal in China. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I, we've been married uh, seventeen years. We've got four children. Uh, my son Ian is sixteen, and my daughter Lillian is thirteen. My daughter Leah is 11 and my son micah our youngest the surprise (laughs) he's nine and uh brother my quiver is full (laughs) absolutely we were talking before the break about traveling yeah and um i don't travel much at all and so anytime that i do go out of town to speak at a conference um my kids just aren't used to that and so dad not being uh, being around beyond that, uh, I predominantly work from a home office. I know you do the same. Um, I, so I'm just, I'm, I'm around the house a lot. So when I travel, um, it's just short spurts. And so my kids adjust and figure it out. But you, on the other hand, 
Yeah. You travel a, a ton, is that correct? I do, yeah. As you know, Zach, predominantly at his productions, we serve uh, Calvary Chapel churches. Now, we do serve Assemblies of God and Baptist churches and community churches and all, all anybody who's teaching the gospel, um, but predominantly Calvary Chapel. And Calvary Chapel is a regionalized organization under the Calvary Chapel Association. And they have uh, regionalized pastors' conferences. And so I go to almost every regional pastors' conference in the country. Um, and I go and I have a table and I have business cards and, and I sit and I talk and I pray and I, and I get to know the pastors that hopefully will eventually serve. Um, apart from that, I also go to uh, events like NRB. Uh, we go to the Southern Baptist Convention um, as well. And uh, so, yes, I do travel a ton. We live in the type of society that, that your experience, most people can probably relate yeah. more to yeah. your experience than mine. Yeah. Um, and, and as a result of that, I thought it, it might be it might be interesting if you could share a, a few of your thoughts on how to balance um, family life when you're on the road so much, because I can imagine that, that there's somebody even listening right now that's, that's on the road. They're a trucker. Mm-hmm. They're listening to this mm-hmm. and, uh, and their heart is home, but they're, but they're out making a living and, and mm-hmm. their job necessitates that they're away from home for chunks of period of time. Um, what are some of the things that you've learned just through trial and error that might uh, really be of an encouragement to someone who can share your experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've learned I have to be very wise about how I travel. And let me qualify what I mean by that. Um, I try to be careful about how many days in a row that I'm away from home. I mean, that's one one key thing. And I don't always do a good job at that, but I, I try to do my very best. Um, uh, the other thing that I, I think I've learned is even the smallest amounts of communication with my wife, particularly my children when I'm on the road, it means the world to them. You know, to me, to, to take five minutes and FaceTime with them or, or to talk with them over the phone, it doesn't seem so monumental, you know, because I'm in the midst of travel or whatever it might, might be. But to them, it's a big deal. And it's kind of exciting for them. My kids, I mean, some of them are bigger, but my kids, when, I, when I'm in, on the West Coast and I'm by the water, as, you, as some of the listeners know, and you know, Zach, I live in the Midwest. There is no oceans by me. <laughs> And so when I travel, no, nowhere, nowhere close. No, no. We do have the Great Lakes, which are cool, but not the ocean. Uh, so when I go and I'm close to the ocean, you know, uh, and I'm showing them some of the things that I'm around, you know, that's that's a, a big part of it. But one thing I will say that's unique for me uh, and Zach, you might be able to speak to a little bit of this. This might be sort of a corner turn, but. Um, I grew up in a household where my dad, uh, he loved us. He worked I mean, bone, bone tired, hard. He, he was, a. I learned to work hard from my dad. Um, and because of that, he wasn't home a whole lot, but he, he, he did what he did because he loved us, but he hated his job. And, and I know that there's listeners out there. Maybe you're in a job right now. You, you just absolutely hate it. My dad did. I remember for 15, maybe 20 years of life, uh, around home seeing that, you know, seeing my dad work and he, he really, he didn't like what he did. Uh, but he did it because he loved us what a man does. You provide for your household. So as a child, I remember the, the idea of being away from my family. I wanted to do everything that I could to be around them as much as I could. And so for me, 
Uh, I'm in my recording studio right now, Zach, and I am about probably 150 feet from my house. <laughs> my recording studio is built on my property. I eat yeah, three meals. Yeah, I eat three meals a day with my family. I I see them. They can come out to the office anytime they want. In fact, Zach, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you on a little secret here. This is this is my when I have business calls. Like sometimes, maybe even when I'm talking with you or other clients. My son, my youngest son, Micah knows I've got, I've got, um, uh, some chairs on the, on the porch that comes off the front of my studio. And I always have two baseball gloves there always, even right now as it's snowing outside and Micah, (laughs) Micah knows I'll send a text into the house and I'll tell Lisa, Lisa, send Mikey out. I've got a call (laughs) and you can imagine what happens. I go out, I put my Bluetooth on and I'll talk to the people I'm serving, the brothers I'm serving like you. And I play catch with my boy. And so that's cool. That's I balance cool. it by trying to redeem as much of the time that I can when I'm home. Um, and, and so travel is probably not nearly as much as a burden to me and my family as it is to some of, of the listeners that I think you're probably addressing. Now that said, Zach, you've, you know, you grew up in a house where your dad was a pastor. You know, you are, you're a PK and pastors notoriously are 80, 80 hour a week people Maybe the listeners would be interested to hear a little bit about how that was growing up in a household where, I mean, was your dad away a lot? How, how did that go? How did that work? Well, that's a, that's an, you know, I being a pastor's kid and one of the ones that, uh, you know, that didn't absolutely run off the deep end. Like most of them, most of them do. <laughs> they do. Um, I'm it's in, true. I'm in, I'm in the ministry. Um, I didn't totally walk away from the Lord. Uh, being right. a pastor's kid is very tough. And, um, and, and mm. if you're listening and you attend a church, you need to know that there are a lot of just unspoken burdens mm. um, that, that, that the pastor's kids bear, um, really at no fault of anything other than just the position that they're in. Um, and, and a lot of people just don't understand um, life in that, that fishbowl. And then kind of the expectations of you're the pastor's kids, meaning, you know, you're the you know, you're the template for what all of our children should be. Right. And when you fail, it just gets exacerbated. I mean, you mm-hmm. are in the glass house, so to speak, and everyone is is critiquing and judging stones. literally everything that you do. But you know, I was asked I was asked recently what one thing that your father did in ministry uh, that you have made it a point to replicate. And uh that that can be a loaded question. Right. Um but you know, the Lord really just impressed on my heart a very quick answer that I thought was just really accurate. Um, the one thing that I want to do that my dad did very well is that um, I never want to allow the church to become my mistress. Oh, uh, wow! Um, see, my dad, my dad worked crazy hours, okay? mm-hmm. especially when you're you're a small church, like like. Like Calvary 316, I am the only church right. employee. So um, from um, the church finances to the multimedia uh, to returning emails and complaints to social media <laughs> profiles to hospital visits to weddings and funerals, the you know to to You're the fixing guy. the bathroom. I'm 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 the resident handyman, right. uh, pastor, fill-in worship leader. Um, you know when you're a small church, um, I've got the Lord's blessed me with an incredible group of elders and a wonderful uh, a wonderful church of volunteers uh, that do a lot. But there are certain things that 
um, that just fall on the one person that's paid to be there. Right. And right. and as a result, there there just is a lot of things that can become very time consuming. And my dad worked long hours. He worked a lot, but it was always within the context that the church was secondary to his family. Mm. And he made that point from the pulpit, but beyond making that point verbally, like he lived that. And if, if events had to be canceled or the church calendar wasn't as full because we were playing baseball or T-ball, uh, my dad coached all of us. He was very involved in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and just as growing up as a kid, um, I think a lot of pastor's kids, and I'm going to say this, I think the most tactful way I can, a lot of pastor's kids end up hating the church because their father cheated on their mother with the church. Wow. And that's what I mean by the church was never the mistress. Right. Um, and the reality is kids, kids see a mother suffer from neglect mm-hmm. and the pain and, and all of those type of things. And, and they just naturally will hate the mistress. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a psychological thing that develops. Um, I never I never had that because my dad struck a really good balance. How did and, he do that? We, I mean, what did you guys, how, how did he accomplish that if he was, if he was there so much in, in, in the office? I'll, and doing I'll, give you, I'll give you a very, before we get to this block, I can give you a really good example of something I'm em- okay. emulating. Cool. Um, we were, there was never, church and family were, were never compartmentalized. It wasn't like I have church and I have family. The two were blended together, hmm. meaning that, um, that he included us in the ministry. Um, I, some of my earliest memories are waking up early to go with my dad to church on Sunday morning as hmm. a five, six-year-old and going by Dunkin' Donuts, picking up some some donuts. <laughs> we would draft our baseball teams. We'd get to church and I knew dad would have to go to the office and get ready for the morning. Um, but he would give me a vacuum cleaner or a bottle of Windex and give me a job, something I could do. And so it was, it was time I could spend with my dad. But it, it, it gave me the opportunity to contribute to it. And uh, and there are other examples of this, but we are running up against a hard break. So maybe we'll just pick up this thought when we yeah, come back. Let's do that. Uh, for more here on the Outlaw Radio Show. Hi, my name is David Guzik, and I'm a friend of Zach and the entire team at Outlaw Radio. One of the things I like most about Outlaw Radio is Zach's desire to challenge Christians to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on their own. The sad reality is too many Christians don't know what they believe, yet alone why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to Outlaw Radio tackling the tough topics you might not hear at church on Sundays, their desire is to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this process, Zach wanted me to let you all know of two free resources essential for any serious Bible student. Aside from my full Bible commentary available at EnduringWord.com, the resources you can access at BlueLetterBible.org will truly transform the way you study the Bible. Aside from their treasure trove of free commentaries, BlueLetterBible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it easy to dive into the original languages behind a biblical text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of Scripture, check out EnduringWord.com as well as BlueLetterBible.org. 
This is Josh. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Thanks for coming back and joining us. Right before uh, we took a break, I had asked Zach, you know, kind of the how question. You know, he he was sharing these great examples of of how his dad um, had kind of kept the church from being a mistress. It's a strong term, but I get it. I, I get what what uh, you're meaning, Zach. Could you kind of tell the listeners maybe some specific areas you're talking about running a vacuum and, 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 and so to me as a, as a person listening to what you're saying, it sounds like your dad not only, you know, didn't allow the church to become a mistress, but he also kind of showed you a little bit about what it meant to serve. Can you talk more about that? Yes. No, I mean that the, the interconnectedness of, of family life and church life it wasn't compartmentalized. We did we did ministry together, and and therefore my dad was very inclusive. Yeah. Um, what is it? What do kids need most? Um, kids just need time mm-hmm. with their father. It doesn't matter really what you're doing, as long as you're spending time with dad. Right. Um, it, the, the the vantage point, you know, it, it's the neglect. It's the 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 lack of time, and then that gives room for. Uh, the why questions within a kid's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, dad, dad cares more about this than he does me because it's about time. It's about right. spending time, which is why, like, like I mentioned in the in the previous block, uh, it meant a lot. I mean, I'm a 34 year old man, and some of my fondest memories are going to church early with my father, uh, <laughs> and 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 washing windows. That's and this a is something this past, yeah, this this past summer, I started doing that with Quincy, and uh, and it was awesome because man, he would be up. Uh, would be dressed, would be ready to go, and and if you have a six year old, you can you can understand how amazing that is. But he would be ready to go, <laughs> so that by the time I was ready to walk out the door, my little buddy was right there with me. Yeah, and uh, and and we would get to church. And any of the mornings where he wasn't able uh, to go with me, he was really bummed out. And that just illustrates once again, like he just felt like dad was including him in his life and in, mm-hmm. in, in my life, he mm-hmm. was a part of my life and the two weren't separated. And, and I understand that, you know, that, that not everybody's job affords them that particular right. ability. Right. But, but in my situation, um, it absolutely did. Um, there was a, there was a time, I'll give you another example where our church was growing and there were some that were pushing for a Saturday night service. So, you know, we had we had two Sunday mornings already, and instead of doing a third, maybe doing a Saturday night. And it wasn't going to happen. My dad was not going to do it because Saturday was his family day. So if you worked for my dad, uh, you know, you worked a six-day work week. Um, you work Sunday uh, to Friday, mm-hmm. but you had a day off, and that day was to be separated from work. And for my dad... Um, it was Saturday, and and he like I like I mentioned, he coached us all in sports, and you play a lot of games uh, on Saturday, and then in just the normal the normal world, like a lot of events and activities and things take place on the weekend, and Sunday's already dominated. So he, I mean, Saturday was was off limits, even if that meant that the church might be limited in the number of services they could have. It was still a sacrifice he was willing to make, right? Because ultimately, as a pastor. Like when I stand before God to give an account for my life, um, it's not going to be uh, what kind of pastor I was. Right. Like that's not how God's going to evaluate me. My evaluation is going to is going to come down to like, was I a good servant? Mm-hmm. Was I a faithful husband? Mm-hmm. And was was I a a father type of Jesus for my children? Right. And 
And when you can keep that in mind, it, it really does set the context for, for, for what else you do. And I'm not saying that I've perfected it or that even my father perfected it. There were, there were moments, um, you know, where it would be frustrating, but sure. my dad never missed a ball game. He always made the sacrifices. He turned down opportunities if it was necessary. We always knew. Uh, I, I, I was a teenager in Ruley, uh, but I always knew my dad loved me, and I never knew that the church came. The church never came before me. I was always aware of that. Right. Um, you know, in talking about family dynamic and the ministry, um, let, let me ask you, as a man, yeah, um, what do you do? To, to decompress um, and, and let me and let me yeah. let me kind of explain why I think that that's important yeah. a lot of the times um, like the reason I had this perspective of my father uh, that my dad never treated the church as a mistress that he always had it in, in, in a balance is that he was really good at never at never bringing work home with him Mm. Um, which is which is difficult when you have a home office. Yes, but it is. you know, in the, in the ministry myself, like I know that um, man, you can get that nasty email that just gut punches you. Yep, and it's yep. weighing on you, and you can have issues going on, or the finances aren't aren't very good, and you're not sure if you're going to get that paycheck. And uh, like I deal with those things, mm-hmm. um, and yet, and yet if I allow my work to come home with me and those burdens to come home with me um, is it really limits my ability to be a dad. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you find a, a way to decompress? Cause I, I imagine that this is very relevant to any man who's a, who's, a, who's got a job and a family. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting that you're asking me this question because it's something I've, I've actually been dealing with recently and, and um, this is a whole other probably episode of the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, but one of the diseases, <laughs> I'm going to call it that, and plagues of culture right now is the addiction to our phones. And studies are showing, I mean, it's, it's astounding. Yeah. The, the, the studies, yeah. I mean, the brains, the physiology in your brain responds the same to a, uh, uh, um, uh, to your cell phone as it does to cocaine it's it's astounding but we can it's really it's really that drastic it is that drastic i mean the the areas of your brain that light up when you you snort a a line of cocaine is the same as when you're you're dealing with an addiction feeling towards your phone like you're did an email come in did someone like that post that that sensation and then when when you see the post was liked or you see the email came in there's this rush it's the drug dopamine it's the same or d- drug, pardon me. The chemical dopamine is released. It's the same chemical that's released when you do cocaine. Okay. So or, se- I, or sex. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so there's an addiction to our phones and I, I'm going to be very transparent. I've got a problem <laughs> with my phone and part of it is because it's directly related to my work. You know, I, I'm, I'm in a technology world and so, uh, and I need to be available to the people I serve. And recently, you know, my wife is my, my better half. And I know you'd say the same about your wife, Zach. She's been challenging me, you know, because I would come in from the office and I'd have that cell phone with me, right? And it's decompression time. That's what I should be doing. And I'm sitting on the couch with the, the wife and kids and I got the cell phone in my hand just, just buried in the cell phone. Hmm. 
and and uh you know I, I she was really exhorting me and god was using that and and recently my, my some of was you, it real quick was yeah. it an exhortation or a rebuke <laughs> it was both <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna be transparent right, right. let's be let's be really transparent oh, oh no no well yeah yeah my she, wife she was giving use... me this kind exhortation yeah yeah she's giving you an earful yeah yeah it was yeah. this earful of of an idol in your hand right the, the, the cell phone could be called my other girlfriend <laughs> right so yeah no doubt so w- one of the things that i had to do recently and it, my my the other half of his productions is, is a guy named chris lipe he's my business partner he's our production manager mighty man of god uh super super talented guy just really blessed um to have him working with us uh, Z- uh we talk often chris and i talk almost probably every other day at least and we recently just kind of came to a head with our communications, even between one another, where we, we recognized like at 10 o'clock my time, which I'm Eastern standard, like you, Zach, um, or, or you might be central, but anyway, he's mountain Wait, standard. You're East, you're Eastern standard in I, Indiana. Yeah. I'm in the Northeast corner of the state about an hour. You're nowhere and a- close to the East coast. Right, but Georgia, the, Georgia, we have coastline. We are absolutely Eastern Standard. Right. Well, we it, the, it goes to Central Standard Time, an hour west of me, an hour. Okay. Wow. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Any rate, so it, what what happened was we had some business things going on, and I send him an email at like eleven o'clock at night, my time, which for him is is at, uh, um, nine o'clock his time. He's not a really good sleeper, and so he gets this email. And he's my brother. I mean, I love this guy like 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 blood. I mean, he's so dear to me. It kept him up all night long because he wasn't sure how to interpret the email. I mean, it was a very oh, no. it was a totally stressful thing. He's like, you know, and the enemy speaking to him. Oh, I'm gonna lose my job and just these really stressful things. And we had this really in depth conversation. And he and I kind of struck up an accountability, Zach, where we we are actually we we've stopped using text messages for one thing for business communication text message for he and i it's just for personal stuff like hey how are things going how's the wife how's the kids that kind of thing no business allowed. no business allowed on text messages when it's time for for emails well it's time for business we use emails and we're we're now thinking more courteously about one another's constitution what we can take it at certain hours of the day and we're not sending those things so that's a real real question the decompression question i think is probably a bigger one maybe maybe we tackle it in the next block um but i guess to maybe give a sneak peek i am an avid uh um content uh, and it goes right back to technology i love youtube i love learning and i don't mean watching youtube like for fail army although i love fail army <laughs> I, I like to uh, you know i like to watch uh, videos on worship tutorials i'm a worship pastor i like to yeah. watch videos on woodworking i like i would like to do some of that um I'll, I'll <laughs> i would s- like to at some point in my life <laughs> yeah do that. yeah I watch videos on on art. I watch all kinds of things. So for me to sit down and to just watch some of those kinds of things, uh, that is a is a real decompression. A hammock on my property is also. But you, Zach, we're getting really close to the end of this block. If you're listening, thanks for listening and uh, stay with us. Uh, Zach and I are going to keep talking about what are we talking about? What, what will we call this, Zach? We're talking about all kinds of stuff, man. All kinds of stuff. Uh, we'll be right back on the Outlaw Radio Show. 
Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Josh and I are having a, a conversation about a topic. I don't know if it's if it's discussed as much as it should be, mm-hmm. and that is that is cell phone addiction mm-hmm. and how it affects with family life. Yep. And uh, Josh was speaking a little bit about that, and I'll get back to him in a second. Um, but even in in my own life, um, I, I've been noticing the same thing. You know, you get done with work, uh, you get home, and um, and you're supposed to be playing with your kids, but you're you're still on this this device and Glued and, to and it. my wife and I, yeah my wife and I laugh that like we spend time together and we'll get in bed and we'll turn on um uh right now we're watching New Girl uh, I know that's terrible uh, <laughs> but it's absolutely hilarious and 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 I don't rewatch shows we've watched the whole thing we're rewatching it I think it's hilarious but while we're watching it so we've got a show on a TV we're in bed she's on her phone. And I'm on my phone while watching the show that, while watching the show. Uh, that's what we do too. It's terrible. And it could be like that for like two hours. And then it's like, Oh, well that was some good time together. Good night. <laughs> and, and then that's it. And it's kind of like, like we've been having these conversations, uh, as well. I, um, I don't, I know she won't mind me saying this, but the other day, um, uh, my wife, uh, I came in and, uh, and I forget what brought it up, but she just made this comment. She goes, I just deleted Facebook off my phone. Wow. And 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 I was like, I kind of just did a, I went in to get a cup of coffee because I work from home, but my office is separated. So I just went in to get a cup of coffee. Uh, and and I knew that, that that was going to be a conversation. A bigger one. Um, yeah. A, yeah. And, and I didn't have, I had a meeting. Um, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I had to get back to the office. Uh, but it was like, okay, I'm going to bring that up tonight. So, yeah. so uh, this was like two nights ago. I get into bed and I turn and, uh, and I, and I just kind of, as a matter of fact, I just go, so uh, you, de- you deleted Facebook from your phone. What's that about? Why? And I'm not kidding. Her response. She was like, I'm just really sick of seeing how perfect other people's lives are. Oh, wow. And I was like, I don't, I don't, um. Like is ours that bad? Right. Like I'm trying to figure out like what does how that I mean? Can, like how I can process what you're what you're saying. Yeah. And, and then she she could t- she could tell that I had I had taken it weird, and so she was like, "Well, let me let me explain what I mean. Um, I'm tired of seeing how perfect people's lives are, or the other extreme, how terrible people's lives are, because mm-hmm. it just seems as though it's one extreme or the other, meaning it's all." It's all fake. Hmm. Like, like we on Facebook have a, like we, we only communicate what we want people to see. So it's only pictures of your kids doing cute things uh, or wearing cute outfits. Like moms put a perception on Facebook that they're the perfect mom. Right. Very rarely are they, are they like full blown transparency uh, video of kid in meltdown, right? Uh, or the child saying "I hate you" and throwing something across the room, right. or my you know, kid normal, just threw up all over the brand new couch, <laughs> right? The normal mom stuff is never reflected, right? And it and it tends to be this this real superficial, yeah. Uh, and, and and my wife, she was like, I just it was it was literally physically messing with me, hmm. my attitude and my 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 joy was being messed with by Facebook. And so she made a decision. Um, I can't, I can't have it on my phone and not look at it. 
So I'm deleting it from my phone, which means that the only way I can check my Facebook page is to go to the computer, which as a mom, I can basically only do maybe once or twice a week. Right. Um, And to me, I just kind of sat back and I thought, wow, that was, that was pretty wise. Like that was, that was pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, that's ridiculous that we call deleting your Facebook app a bold decision. I mean, really, like it that's is. How, that's how but crazy that's how this in, whole thing has become. That's yeah. how interwoven into our lives that it is, though. I mean, really, really. And listeners, those of you that are listening to this conversation with Zach and I, just stop for a moment. And I want you to really be honest with yourself and just try to estimate how many times in a day do you estimate that you check social media of some form. Let's 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 just be quiet and let the listeners think on that. Let's not even qualify <laughs> it in regards to daily. Okay. Let's do it okay. in the last 30 minutes. Yeah. How That's about this? Tell you about even addiction. better since Okay, since most people are driving. Right. The last the last stoplight that you were in. Oh, it's so true. Did you check Facebook or Twitter? Or, or, or a text message or worse. Did you, are you checking it while you're driving worse? (laughs) Unless the only reason you should be texting while you're driving, you should just, is if, is if you're, you're letting the world know you're listening to the outlaw radio show right now. Hashtag outlaw radio show. Hashtag. Yeah. And our lawyers want to make sure that I add a disclaimer. That was completely a joke. Uh, You shouldn't text and drive (laughs) ever, Um, but you know, if you do, (laughs) hashtag outlaw radio you know what i mean (laughs) so back to back to you because you were kind of you were setting this up yeah um back to your life in it yeah so so for me i i have had to be um a little bit more willful in creating accountability and that was with chris my my friend chris in, in colorado and to say to to both of us we're both doing this um towards the end of the week we're connecting with one another and we're asking this question sounds so crazy but How'd you do with your phone this week? And, and that question means this. When I go into the office, here's my, my, my or pardon me. When I go into the house from the office, my commitment when work is done is to leave my phone. We've got this like little coat rack kind of thing by the garage door. And I put my keys and my wallet and jazz on there. I set my phone up there when I come in. And then for the rest of the night until my children go to bed, I don't pick it up. I don't look at it. Zach, the first couple nights I did that, it was painful. I oh, mean, it, it was... You were in withdrawal. It, it's, and, and it still is odd. And, and the other thing that I'm doing, and this is, again, very odd, I have breakfast every morning with my family, and then I come out. Uh, I work for, for in, until noon, you know, lunchtime. When I come in for meals, for lunch or dinner, if I, if I have to come back after lunch um, or after dinner, I just simply leave my phone out in the office. When it's mealtime, I go inside and it's mealtime and I spend time with my family and I talk with my wife and my kids and whatever the email is or whatever the thing is. See, that's, that's the key thing. I think maybe it's deeply rooted in people's psyche and the tech has kind of pushed this out, Zach, is that we feel like we're the masters of time. We're conscious of the fact that time is limited. Like we know it in our very beings, whether we have religious convictions like you and I do or not, we know that time is limited. And so in the world, there's this scratching and clawing for time because it's the greatest capital we have. 
And so we pick up these phones, we pick up our iPads, and it's this, it's this sense of getting some of it back because I can text while I'm driving or I can try to have a conversation meaningful with my wife while I'm watching TV, while I'm checking Instagram. It's a false, it's a false concept. You know, I, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying. I guess for me, it, it's a different compulsion. Mm. Um, and, and the compulsion is, um, I'm a news junkie. Mm. It, it's, it's, it's almost to me the, the idleness um, like I can let go of my email, um, you know, or not reply to a text message, but the thing for me about Twitter and why Twitter, so, so forever, um, I didn't go, I mean, I probably checked the drudge report, uh, right. which is a news website. I probably right. checked the drudge report, um, 10 times a day, just wow. randomly. And uh, just, just to see what was going on in the world, because I, I love to stay connected with the news. Um, but the thing is, is that the Drudge Report only updates when Matt Drudge updates the Drudge Report. So, you know, you can go, you know, three or four hours and there's nothing new on the site. And so it's just a quick look. Oh, nothing. Move on. The thing about Twitter, especially for a news junkie, is that it is constantly being updated 24 hours a day with the latest stuff. And that's whether you're like into news news, political news, or, or even if you're a sports junkie. Um, you know, you like the NBA, um, it's you, and you can craft it to just feed you what you want, what you want. And it's a constant source. It's almost, it's, it's, it's media gluttony. And for me, that ends up being my biggest challenge is that I'll just get on Twitter and I'll just start rolling through things and an hour or two can pass. Yeah. Link after link, Um, link after link after link. Um, of, of different different thoughts and different opinions. Let's, in our next block, try to sum all of this stuff up because we've been all over the place. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the missions of Outlaw Radio is to bring your attention to ministry resources that will benefit your personal study of the Bible and spiritual growth. With this in mind, we want you to check out Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Not only is their vision to help the thinker believe, but they exist to help the believer think. To accomplish both of these aims, their website, rzim.org, is filled with tons of free resources aimed at not only answering your own difficult questions, but with the intention of providing the necessary tools to defend your faith in an ever-growing, hostile world. Once again, you can learn more about Ravi Zacharias International Ministries by visiting rzim.org. That's rzim.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, for the most part, you're kind of just listening to a conversation between two dudes uh, that are friends, <laughs> yeah. that love Jesus, yeah. and are just trying to figure out the world that we live in. And one of the things, uh, the, the, the topic started when we were talking about um, you know, what we do as men to decompress right. uh, before we get into family life. And, and travel we, we actually, and work and our dads. <laughs> and the irony is we've actually not discussed that at all. Right. Um, and, and and we might not even have time to get to that per right. se in this episode because we took a we took kind of a right turn yeah. to what I think is a very interesting topic and one um, that isn't talked about enough but is so relevant and that is um, the effects of a cell phone. Um, I'll never forget, man. And, and you got you and I are, are kind of of the same age. Yeah. Um, I'm an Apple geek. Yeah. 
I Same am here. Uh, yeah, I am a diehard um, Apple fan, and uh, and and even in like the latest news where they where you know Apple admitted that when they would release the update, they Slow were intentionally down, yeah. slowing down old iPhones. Um, and, and I was watching the news and they were talking about, you know, what kind of effect is this going to do in the hardcore consumer base? And I'm sitting there like, eh, nothing. Yeah. Uh, Cause I already knew that was happening, whether they're going to admit it or not. I knew it still not going to change the fact that I love my iPhone. Yep. Um, I, I was the geek. I don't know about you, but I was the geek that, um, I bought iPhone one as soon as it came out and I bought the four gig. Yeah. It was like. Like the four gig was only out for like three months before they realized you needed way like you need twice as much gig gig yeah. space, and so they released the eight. But I had the four gig, and uh, I spent like eight hundred dollars on that, which at the time, ouch, uh, youth pastor salary. It was like half my yearly income, <laughs> um, but but it was like the the thought of man, I can have my email and my calendar. Yep, this is even up. before you had a this is before you had a camera on it. Um, but right. th- like that I could have the internet at my hand and then Google maps. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, and every few years I've always upgraded and, and we'll continue to do so. But I, it's interesting that you brought up your struggle with your phone. Um, because it's been something the Lord's been speaking to me about. As a matter of fact, hmm. let me be honest for a minute. I've been struggling with the same thing specifically about limiting my use of my phone during the evenings when I'm spending time with my wife. Yeah. Um, in the, in the last block, I talk about how we would, we'll both sit there and watch a TV show and we're both on our phones. And I said, we do the same thing at our house. (laughs) I think most of the people listening are like, yep, that's us too. Uh, Quality time with the spouse. Um, so what I ended up doing was like, well, you know what? I, I can't have my phone on my nightstand. Mm. So, so I decided I'm gonna move, uh, I'm gonna move my my power station, the charger, to like a dresser across the room. Yeah. Right. So I got like an extension cord, a power strip, got it all set up. You know, so I had an easy place to put it. And my biggest challenge since I've done that is my phone dying, hmm. because it never makes it there. Um, <laughs> it ends up being on my nightstand, and I wake up in the morning, and it's dead. And I'm like, you, ah, you didn't, didn't plug it in. Oh, it's, it's totally failed. Like I, yeah. this has been a total failure. Uh, you're, uh, just remind the audience of what you've been doing with your phone, because I think it's, it's like, if we can get down to some application, yeah, yeah. it might be helpful. So for the audience. when I come in from my office, which for the listener is on my property, my recording studio is right in my backyard. Uh, when I come in for meals, particularly my commitment is I leave my phone in my office. I don't even bring it in the house. That's my first commitment. My second commitment is I've got this this um, uh, coat rack kind of thing that's by our garage door. When I come into the, the house for the evening uh, for dinner and my, my work is done, um, and you know for me, my work ends somewhere between 5 and 7 p.m., sometimes later, depending on the things I need to get done. And my kids, you know, Zach, our kids are not real close in age, but probably similar bedtimes. My kids go to bed between nine 30, 10 o'clock, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. My phone goes on that stand uh, on that coat rack on the top of it. Um, until there, until I walk up the stairs with my wife and put them all to bed. Um, uh, I mean, obviously my son, I don't do that. <laughs> my oldest son, but, 
Um, that would be weird if you did that with your oldest. Yeah, it would be weird. Gonna tuck you into bed tonight, son. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Dad, I gotta go shave first. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's gonna jump in his car and drive off. Um, no, but I do that. I, I'll leave my phone, and and I'm on, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not successful every time. You know, there are times where it's eight thirty, and I've been sitting on the couch, been watching TV, whatever, and I've been staring at my phone. Okay, um, okay. I l- yeah. let me back this up because. Yeah. I thought about the same thing, leaving my phone in my office, or let's say that would work well at your house because your office is secluded. I've been there. Yeah. Let's say, but let's say for the audience that's listening, um, where you, you work in a location other than your home, which is probably most people, almost all of them. Uh, what, What we would be advocating is the challenge of like, you get home and pull into your, 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 your garage or your carport, leave your phone in the vehicle. That That's kind of the idea. Now, now here's been my biggest hangup, and, and I'm going to actually present an interesting proposal um, that, that could be fascinating here. My biggest fear of doing that, okay, of leaving my phone in my office is the emergency dynamic mm. of... Well, what if what if there's a fire? What if there's an intruder? Yep, what if yep. I need to be able to, to call nine one one, but my phone isn't with me? My phone is is in my office, and I can't get to my office. Um, or uh, my dad is in the hospital, and it's emergency right. late at night, and they, I need, someone needs to get in touch with me. Um, here's an interesting idea: What if we should promote landlines? Like the reemergence hmm. of landlines, that that's nostalgic. I had, I've never had a landline in my life. Never have had a need for one in right. my adult life. Right. You know, Comcast wants to sell you the extra landline, and it's like, why? What do I need that for? Yeah. Um. But what if you get a landline just for the emergencies? Yeah. Because you're you're not gonna you don't have internet access. You're not getting text messages. Um. It's just for the emergency for you to call out someone to call in. Um, but you leave the device that has access to all your social media and all of your, um, like the connectedness, the internet, you're disconnecting. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I I think it's a great idea. You know, another approach for somebody who may not really, you know, want a, a, a landline. Um, you know, Chris and I have talked about this is a no tech day that kind of begins to 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 bring about the withdrawals of technology where it's a family day and there's nobody I mean, your kids are still little zach i mean it's probably you're probably starting to get some of this but my kids i mean their ipads their their kindles the things that they're their nintendos all these things there's just we have to limit their access to that we have to uh, limit that and so quincy quincy's two and a half years old on an ipad like they they make bait yeah. My kids, my little ones, were teaching my my dad, their grandfather, their G daddy, right. how to use his i iPhone. Exactly. Like, so this is a, this is important for us to, to be aware of as dads that that tech is is not just dangerous for the porn or for the for the things that could could hurt our children, which of course we know about those things, but literally just the addiction component. That's real. I mean, we're facing it. You and I are obviously facing it. It's you know, it's an addiction. It it's is. a time consumer. It and is. I think I think it's a distraction. 
it is and it, for, and for me it it becomes a distraction mm-hmm. uh to to the to the time that i should be investing into my kids and my wife yeah yeah and i, and I Home think life. i think zach as you're as, as we've been sharing just kind of maybe bringing this full full circle something that god's been speaking to me i was i was at some conferences uh this last saturday i went to a worship conference and then my church uh, we had a leadership conference and it was interesting there was a common vein in what the speakers were talking about and and just the infilling of the holy spirit and what that means we know charismatic people will say uh well you must speak in your prayer language or or, or tongues for me you know what you know what i know when i've been filled with the holy spirit bro when when i can say no <laughs> right when i can bear the fruit of self-control like i can have my iphone that's that's 10 feet from me and i can literally be like nope i'm not picking that up i've made a commitment till 10 or 11 p.m each night that's when i know i've i've that, that i've encountered the lord and i know that sounds so Amen. immature and so probably based in my own discipleship but it's true that that Amen. self-controls the fruit well, listen, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams and Josh Brown. I hope you've been edified and challenged by what I hope we've you been have talking too. about today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what we would like you to do if you're listening, man, contact your local station. Tell them you're thankful they're airing the Outlaw Radio Show in your community. Also, visit outlawradio.org. Uh, from the site, you can easily access our podcasts available on both iTunes and Google Play. Uh, You can listen again to this episode or catch up on maybe a part that you missed, or you can access all previous episodes. Uh, Additionally, hey, find us on Twitter at Radio underscore Outlaw or find us on Facebook. Once again, I'm Zach Adams, and I hope you join me again this time next week for the Outlaw Radio Show. been listening to the one and only outlaw radio show with zach adams as mentioned if you like what you heard be sure to connect with us on facebook follow us on twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org to listen again to today's show access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes check out the outlaw radio podcast available on both itunes and google play Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams.
Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions. 